You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host. Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Week two is pretty much in the books. We've got Monday Night Football tonight. Lions versus Packers. Should be a great game. See if the Packers can get back on track. But week two, all the other games, they're done. And we've got a lot to talk about because this week was absolutely crazy. This was one of the wildest weeks. In in fantasy football memory, the first half of the games, the first slate, the one o'clock games started off very slow. A lot of disappointing fantasy performances that we can talk about, but there were also a lot of really amazing performances, especially in that in the in the uh, the the four o'clock slate with the the Seattle Titans game. A lot of massive performances, a Cardinals game that had some great players, Kyler Murray, Rondale Moore. We've got a lot to discuss, and we're going to hop right into it. The first game to talk about is Carolina versus New Orleans. Jameis Winston, I guess that he is he is back to his old self. I wasn't a true believer. I know he had five touchdowns, but only 14 uh, completions week one. It was It was a bizarre game. I wanted to see it again. And he came out against Carolina and put up a terrible performance. 11 completions for 111 yards, two interceptions, uh, eight fantasy points. Terrible if you were thinking about streaming him after what he did last week. It came back and bit you. He's got the New England Patriots after this week, which is a, a, a matchup where I am not interested in Jameis Winston at all. But even more disappointing on the same side, on the same side of the ball, Alvin Kamara, seven points. He got eight carries for five yards. It was an absolutely bizarre game, but it's very rare that we see Alvin Kamara essentially game scripted out. Uh, This was his first. Last season, he only had one performance where he had single-digit points against Denver. And even in that game, he still had 11 carries. This was one of the, the strangest Alvin Kamara games I've seen since, you know, dating back to 2019. He just didn't get the ball, which is not usually what happens, especially when the Saints are losing. When the Saints are down, when it's a tough game, they try to manufacture Alvin Kamara touches. It just didn't happen. Am I worried about him in the long term? No. But but we saw that there's a chance that, that with Jameis Winston as quarterback, Kamara doesn't see the volume that he's been so used to. So against New England, by no means am I benching him. But I'm a little bit concerned against New England. However, if he can go out there and put up a great game against New England, then high-flying rest of the season against the Giants by Seattle. Uh, Alan Kamara, not worried, but disappointing to see such a such a terrible performance from him. When Especially on the other side of the ball, the other RB1, it was a tough matchup for him, not super efficient. But Christian McCaffrey got enough carries, got enough touches to get the job done for fantasy owners. 24 points. 
rushed the ball 24 times for 72 yards, only three yards of carry, but like I said, enough volume to get it done. And then he rushed in a touchdown, and then his receiving work was was what we're used to from McCaffrey, 65 yards on five receptions. He's an absolute machine. He's consistent. He's got Houston coming up next. Look for a 30-point game, the first 30-point McCaffrey game against Houston. We know he's capable of those massive performances. We haven't seen it yet this season, but we've seen two very good performances. For the receivers, there's only one that was at all uh, started and performed well, and that was DJ Moore. He does seem to be the main RB, a wide receiver one in this offense. Last week, he got eight targets for 80 yards. This week, he got 11 targets for eight receptions and 79 yards and a score. Against Houston, I'm firing up DJ Moore. We've seen enough to say DJ Moore is the wide receiver one in this offense. Robbie Anderson, he's great, but he's a deep threat. If that deep ball doesn't connect, he's not going to be reliable in fantasy football. And Terrace Marshall continues to look good. Uh, He hasn't really had a breakout at all yet, but he's involved, he's good, and it will come at some point this season. Maybe against Houston, maybe against Dallas. We got to wait and see, but, but make sure you're stashing him on your bench. Terrace Marshall will break out. Might be pretty late in the season, but he will. He's good enough, and he's on the field enough that I fully am confident in Terrace Marshall having fantasy value at some point this season. Now, Sam Darnold continues an impressive start to this NFL season. The last three years for Darnold have been rough, but now he he's uh, 2-0, and he's put up some very decent fantasy games, 18 points, 17 points against Houston. I think you can stream Sam Darnold, look for 20 points from him. So a great game for Carolina. Their defense looked phenomenal. They were getting pressure on Winston pretty much the whole game. They shut down Alvin Kamara. Carolina might be for real. They might be for real. If their defense is as good as it looked the rest of the season and Sam Darnold can connect with DJ Moore, this might be a very scary team. We know they've got McCaffrey, but the questions were at the quarterback position, the defense. So far, it's looking good. Now, Cincinnati and Chicago, 2017, but this game didn't feel that close. Joe Burrow, a disappointing performance. Three straight interceptions. Not possession to possession, snap to snap to snap. It was terrible to watch. Three straight incompletions, or interceptions, I mean. Uh, He got kind of bailed out with a 50-yard touchdown bomb to Jamar Chase at the end, but overall, just a bad game for the Bengals offense. He's got Pittsburgh next. I'm not looking to start Joe Burrow until he plays Jacksonville week four. Andy Dalton did nothing and then got hurt. Justin Fields didn't do too much either. Not interested in either quarterbacks right now uh, for fantasy. You know, Justin Fields, the rushing ability is there, but against Cleveland, I don't think he's going to be really startable. Maybe against Detroit, you can throw him in as a lower end quarterback and hope he runs. 10 rushing attempts is exciting. But it only went for 30 yards. And that was against Cincinnati. I don't really want to see what he does against Chicago. Might be ugly. Both Joe Mixon and David Montgomery appear on the bus list. Joe Mixon, thankfully, the volume was there. That's happy. That's exciting. He got 20 carries. Now, it wasn't efficient. It was, a like I said, a, a messy game for Cincinnati's offense. Chicago's defense just got the better of them. But he did get 20 rushing attempts, which means that I am not worried about Joe Mixon because even in bad games, 
he's getting the volume. In the past, a lot of times, the, the bad games, it's, he gets taken out. Giovanni Bernard gets a touchdown. No, that didn't happen. It was just a bad game for Cincinnati's offense, but he was the only running back to run the ball. So not too worried. Not too worried at all for Joe Mixon. And same with, same with David Montgomery. Uh, Justin Fields came in. Uh, Andy Dalton goes out. It's a messy game. A lot of adjustments being made. And he just couldn't get much going on the ground. Now he's got Cleveland coming up, which is a tougher rush defense in Cincinnati. But I think David Montgomery is still startable as your RB2. And then against Detroit in favorable matchups, he'll be a, he'll be a solid RB1. Still put up double-digit points in this disappointing game. Had 20 rushing, uh, 20 rushing attempts, which is reassuring as well. So not panicked about those two guys at all. Jamar Chase saved his game, like I said, with the, uh, the, the big touchdown. Only two receptions, but one was a big old touchdown, so that saved his fantasy game. He's the number 10 wide receiver in standard leagues right now. T. Higgins had a very good game as well, very solid. Uh, they were playing from behind a lot, so there was a lot of passing volume to go around. Higgins saw 10 targets for six receptions and 60 yards and a touchdown, 15 points. And Tyler Boyd revived himself, 7-9 for 73 yards. This uh, this This... Wide receiver group might be very hard to predict. It might be very hard to predict. But we're seeing that there is production, even in bad games. Higgins, 6 of 10. Boyd, 7 of 9. Chase, 4 uh, targets, 2 receptions. All three had double-digit points. 13 points, 14 points, and 15 points in a bad game where Burrow didn't look good. Burrow might be good enough that even in these bad games, he can support potentially three wide receivers. Uh, the safest option, in my opinion, is T. Higgins. He seems to be the safest, most consistent option. Jamar Chase is your upside play for the big touchdown. And Boyd, I, I'm still not sold on it after what he did last year, the goose egg six points. Uh, not thrilled about Boyd. Higgins and Chase, though, seem to be startable. Darnell Mooney had a good game against Cincinnati. 6-8 for 66 yards. No score, but he did put up 12 points in PPR. Start him against Detroit. Sit him against Pittsburgh. That's my recommendation. Allen Robinson, you're starting, of course, but but not the start you wanted from Allen Robinson. Uh, a tough, tough matchups, tough quarterback play. Just, just not a great game. He was bailed out by a touchdown. Without the touchdown, he would have had two points. So be thankful for the touchdown, but look for better days ahead, especially against Detroit. See if he can get on track. And we'll see how serious this Andy Dalton injury is. All righty, moving on. Houston and Cleveland. Tyrod Taylor, disappointing that he's injured. So sad for this guy. He, he looked to be rejuvenating his career. He was playing so well last week against Jacksonville. He was great. This week against Cleveland, he looked great as well. 10 completions on 11 attempts, 125 yards and touchdown. One rushing attempts for 15 yards and a touchdown. And he, then he went down with an injury. I hope he comes back. I hope it's not a severe injury because I would love to see Tyrod continue a chance to start in the NFL. He's a good quarterback. He's good and he keeps losing the job to just these crazy things, these crazy circumstances. Whether it's his doctors puncturing his lungs but Tyrod Taylor is a great quarterback who should come back and be streamable too because he was he was 22 points, 16 points, and he left at the half, basically. He was on track for 32 points. Tyrod Taylor, when he comes back, he can be streamable. 
Alrighty, Baker Mayfield, a pretty disappointing day. Uh, streaming option, as always, not too much to say. On the ground, there was nothing to talk about for Houston, uh, but Nick Chubb did get it done. 11 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I wished for more volume. He, he, he rushed for eight yards a carry, broke off a long touchdown. For some reason, he only got 11 attempts. This is, the usage is a little worrisome for Nick Chubb. 15 attempts week one, 11 attempts uh, week two. Chicago, he better have he better have he better have twenty touches. He better have twenty touches against Chicago and Minnesota. Otherwise, I'm getting a little worried because the production is there because he's playing lights out. But if they're not gonna give him commit to giving him the ball, it just pretty uh, it's pretty worrisome. Just because if he isn't averaging eight yards a carry, that it, does he is he a dud simply because the volume isn't there? So somewhat worried about that. Uh, but but great game for him. Kareem Hunt, he's streaky. He's an upside play. Didn't do didn't get the touchdown this week. That's really what it came down to. Brandon Cooks, 22 points with Houston. He is such a good player. 18 points week one, 22 this week. Seven targets last week, 14 this week. Gets Carolina next. A lot of this depends on who their quarterback is going to be. If If it's... A backup, which we're assuming it is, I don't think we can start Brandon Cooks, which is really sad because how how many targets he's getting. But against Carolina with a backup after what they just did to the Saints, I can't start Brandon Cooks, which is terrible because he's he's the number 11 wide receiver right now. And we have to bench him now. Now that we've, we have confidence in him, we got to put him on the bench. So disappointing, but great game for Brandon Cooks. He deserves to be categorized as a as a good receiver. I don't know why people always leave him out of every conversation. I've never heard anyone really talk about Brandon Cooks, but he's a great player. Rams, Indianapolis, Stafford, and Wentz both were fine, I guess. Neither really good. Wentz got injured. He had one of the hor- most horrible interceptions I have ever seen. Uh, Daryl Henderson looked great. Got a score. Got 17 points and got injured. So... We'll see how severe the injury is. If he's out, the main backup is Sony Michelle at this point. Look and see if Jake Funk is gonna gonna get some touches with him out. But going up against Tampa Bay, I'm not starting Sony Michelle or Jake Funk this coming week. Jonathan Taylor, disappointing week two. 15 attempts for 51 yards, no touchdowns. And he should have scored. He should have scored. He had so many goal line opportunities and he kept getting stuffed at the one yard line just a disappointing week for jonathan taylor because we know he's talented and he just didn't didn't perform he had the opportunities and he didn't perform against tennessee and miami look for him to to put up more but marlon mack getting a little more involved five carries on heen hines took some receptions i don't know i i'm somewhat worried about jonathan taylor now i will say well, I don't know. He was he was a buy low in my eyes until we saw that Wentz might miss several weeks because because he's getting so many goal line opportunities that I think he'll he'll punch them in. But with Wentz out, the goal line carries might not really be there if it's Brissett or Eason or not Brissett. I mean Eason can Eason drive this offense down the field and get them in scoring opportunity? No, I don't think so. So it's all going to hinge on Jonathan Taylor. So the 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 opportunities will go up. He'll see 20, 25 carries a game. But with Eason as quarterback, will those carries be valuable? I don't really think so. So at this point, I'm not I'm not buying low 
on Jonathan Taylor. I'm not selling him though. I'm just kind of holding on and hoping for the best. Cooper Cup, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. He's Stafford's favorite target. We we have seen enough back-to-back weeks with double-digit targets, back-to-back weeks with 100 yards, back-to-back weeks with a score. Even against Tampa Bay, a tougher defense, I am starting Cooper Cup. He he should be in conversation. He's a he's a wide receiver one at this point uh, until until he's not. He needs to be considered a, a matchup proof must start. Because when he puts up twenty three points and then thirty six points, I don't care where you drafted him. He's a wide receiver one. I don't care where you drafted him. Who cares if it was in the sixth round? He's a wide receiver one now. Michael Pittman got it done. Twelve targets, eight receptions, one hundred and twenty three yards. For 20 fantasy points, finally a little bit of a breakout. Pascal got the score again. He leads receivers in touchdowns, I believe. Uh, Michael Pittman is the guy to own, but I'm not starting either with Wentz out. If Wentz comes back, yeah, Pittman, start him as a wide receiver three flex, I think. Uh, same Pascal can be a flex play, but with with Eason, if he's in the quarterback for a few weeks, I'm not starting either of those guys. It's disappointing, but but we finally got the little breakout we've been hoping for, and Wentz goes down with an injury. Now, Denver and Jacksonville. Man, Trevor Lawrence is trash. Wow. This is one of the worst starts to a rookie rookie career. I mean, except from Zach Wilson. But um, I don't know. We got to give him some time. We got to give him some time. But uh, just bad. He's, he's bad. Wow. 118 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He just didn't look very good. He had some horrible throws. Uh, now, he he had some good throws. He had a dime of a touchdown that was a fantastic throw to Marvin Jones, but I don't know. He, he's, he's untouchable in fantasy. We're not touching him until he proves some sort of consistency, but but that this is a rocky start for Trevor Lawrence and a disappointing start. I thought he would. I thought he would start off a bit better. I thought he would. Bridgewater on the other side. Bridgewater looks fantastic. Back to back weeks with twenty points. You should be starting him against the Jets. Uh, Three hundred twenty eight yards and two touchdowns. You should be starting Teddy Bridgewater against the Jets. Uh, the, he he might be the real deal. I'm so I'm so happy for him getting back into this starting position after all the injuries he had to deal with. The Vikings almost lost his leg. So that is incredible to see, but he is performing at a high level. And the main benefactor is Cortland Sutton. 12 targets for 159 yards, nine receptions against the Jets. If he's healthy, Cortland Sutton is a must start. And Tim Patrick, he seems to have a nose for the end zone. He's a flex play. You can pick him up if you need to. Against the Jets, he should be startable. Now, the running back situation for Denver and Jacksonville is interesting because fantasy-wise, there's not been a lot of a lot of points scored. But there's this, there's this even split. Melvin Gordon, 13 carries. Javante Williams, 13 carries. And apart from one big touchdown run, Javante Williams is, is looking better than Gordon. Gordon ran against Jacksonville 13 times for 31 yards, 2.38 yards per carry, no score. Javante Williams... Ran for 4.92 yards a carry for 64 yards on those same 13 carries. I think that he will see a few more carries than Melvin Gordon against the Jets. And the Jets' defense is bad enough. You saw what Damian Harris just did to them. 
Javante Williams, yards after contact machine, if you didn't see that run where he was stuffed about five times and just kept going, Javante Williams is going to be one of my boom starts of the week against the Jets. Because apart from one play, he's outperforming Melvin Gordon. The, the volume is equally shared. And I think even if he sees 13 carries, he can break off a 50-yard touchdown. Javante Williams will be a boom start. You got to buy low on him before it's too late. Because after week three against Jets, his price will go way up. Right now, he's the number 44 running back in PPR leagues, but that will change. That will change. Javante Williams looks so great on the field. You got to get him on your team. For Jacksonville's running backs, James Robinson, this was a better game for him. You know, 11 attempts instead of five. Pretty efficient, 4.27 yards per carry. Just this offense really uh, struggled to get much going. Uh, And it might be... It might be a rocky season for James Robinson. Uh, We've got Arizona next, which they might get boat raced and James Robinson won't see any touches or any runs, which very well could happen. Arizona's offense has looked hot. So I'm pretty worried about James Robinson. I don't really know if he's someone I I want to start. I'm giving him one more chance against Arizona to see what he can do, but not as an RB2, as a a flex play, hoping that he he can run efficiently at least maybe have, you know, 70 yards, hope for a score or some receptions. But James Robinson right now is a flex RB3, and I'm giving him really one more week, one more week. Marvin Jones, I guess, is the the wide receiver one. I guess so. Nine targets last week, 11 this week, 55 yards, a score in both weeks against Arizona. He's a must start because Jacksonville throws the ball a lot, which I don't think they should, seeing as Trevor Lawrence is really struggling. But 33 attempts. 51 attempts. There's going to be enough volume against Arizona because they're going to be down early that Marvin Jones is pretty much a must-start. He's going to see 12 targets, and he'll convert one of those to a touchdown. DJ Chark, hard to trust. Chenault, man, hard to trust as well. One point. I think I think Marvin Jones is the only one that I feel comfortable starting next week in Arizona. Now, Chark and Chenault, we'll talk about them because they have upside, but Marvin Jones is the only one that I'm comfortable starting. Uh All right, moving on. Buffalo-Miami, a horrible game for Miami. This just proved that Tua isn't the problem in Miami. The problem is their horrendous offensive line and limited weapons. I don't know why they don't run the ball with Miles Gaskin more. Uh, Last week against New England, he averaged five yards a carry. This week against Buffalo, five yards a carry. Why does he have single-digit rushing attempts in both of those games? It makes no sense. We can't really start him, though. We can't really start him against the Vegas uh, especially with Brissett at quarterback. But it's so disappointing because he's so talented. You watch him run. You watch him with the ball in his uh, the ha- ball in his hands in the open field. He's shaking off defenders, juking them out, and he's just not getting the ball. It's extremely frustrating. Bozak, Moss, and Singletary scored. Uh, they both uh, had really good games for fantasy. I mean, Zach Moss was pretty bad in real life. What, 3.25 yards a carry? And he fumbled. But for some reason, he got the two touchdowns, the two goal line opportunities. Whereas, whereas Devin Singletary rips off a big run. Uh, he rushed for six yards of carry, got a score, and he's just not getting rewarded with the touches he needs. I don't really get that decision. Stephon Diggs looked good. Josh Allen still a little bad looking. Um, he really hasn't gotten in rhythm. 179 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Overthrew a lot of passes. Underthrew one that should have been intercepted as well. Uh, against Washington, am I high on anyone in this Buffalo offense? No. 
we're starting Allen and we're starting Diggs, but I can't trust either running back. Uh, they're very touchdown dependent, and I'm not super high on Allen or Diggs. We start them because we spent the the draft capital, and we we've seen in recent years how fabulous they can be. But I'm not confident that they're they're going to win you any weeks until they play Houston coming up. Uh, Jalen Water, Devontae Parker, no one is startable in Miami as long as Tua's out. That's my analysis. New England and the Jets, man. Zach Wilson got the most Bill Belichick rookie quarterback treatment I've ever seen. Holy smokes. Four interceptions. Four interceptions and zero touchdowns. Yeah. That was a horrible game for Zach Wilson. I know he's a rookie and we get out to give them time, but those throws were horrible. The interceptions, they weren't like, oh, you know, he tried to squeeze it too tight of a window. The defender made a play. No, it was just horrible. Horrible quarterbacking by Zach Wilson. Uh, coming up against Denver next week. Zach Wilson is going to have a rocky start to his career. He's going to throw at least two more picks next week. He's going to go into week four. What, four, five, six, seven interceptions or so. Uh, wow. Just just this whole Jets team is so, so horrendous to watch. The offensive line is so pitiful. The running backs, they don't get enough volume to be relevant because it's this weird three-down workhorse backfield three down tandem uh, and the offensive line is trash. None of the receivers are reliable because their quarterback isn't reliable. I'm st- I'm not touching anyone on the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now on the New England side of the ball, Damian Harris got it done. So did James White. James White in the receiving role as always. He's always a flex play in PPR leagues <laughs> as always. Damian Harris though, very, uh, very great touchdown run. One of the best touchdowns of the season. Uh, he broke about five tackles, trampled the Jets, and ran in about a 26-yard run. Uh, he's looking to be the main running back. Um, now, he wasn't incredibly efficient against New Orleans. They really clogged up the running lanes for McCaffrey, so I, I'm not super confident starting him against New Orleans. I think I would prefer James White, the PPR option. Then for receivers, Mac Jones is like doing fine, but there's not enough yardage or volume for the receivers to really be reliable or anything. San Francisco, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts got it done 20 points in a rough game. Uh, he really saved the day with a, a long uh, run at the end of the game. He uh, ran, I think it was like a 40, 50 yard run, and then he did a quarterback sneak. So he saved his game on that last possession. Um, he was he was at about 12 points and finished with 20 after that last possession. He looked good throwing the ball. He uh, he should have had another touchdown. His receiver stepped out of bounds. Jalen Hurts overall is looking fantastic. And we saw that the floor is very high. This was probably as bad of a game as he's going to get. San Francisco, they really held this, this Philadelphia Eagles offense to nothing offensively. And he still put up 20 points. So against Dallas and Kansas City, man, Jalen Hurts will, will be a great fantasy start. Jimmy G, I'm not, I'm not touching him. He's unreliable. Uh, can't, he, I don't know. I don't. I'm not starting Jimmy G. They're, they're better options. Who's the running back to own in San Francisco? None. Elijah Mitchell. Uh, he got the volume, 17 carries, but two yards a carry. Two, two, terrible. He looked bad. Uh, Jamichael Hasty got injured. Uh, Trey Sermon got injured. Uh, I mean, I mean, even J- Elijah Mitchell got banged up. All these running backs are just just 
made of glass. They get hurt and and Shanahan doesn't commit to any of them. So it's very frustrating. I just I think there will be production in this backfield. I don't think it'll be easy to predict and I'm kind of staying away just because there's no way to really predict the success in the San Francisco 49ers backfield. And if you do guess right, they'll probably get injured at halftime. That's what I've learned over the past what, five, six years. Philadelphia, Miles Sanders could not get much going. This was just a rough game. San Francisco's defense was fantastic. I'm not too worried about Miles Sanders. Against Dallas, he should he should have a much better day. Uh, Debo Samuel had the good game. Again, 93 yards on six receptions. He's the wide receiver one. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had one reception for six yards. He's buried in this depth chart. He's not getting on the field. He's not. It's it's very bizarre. But as of right now, until till further notice, Debo Samuel is the guy to own. Debo is the guy to own, and I think he's someone you can pretty reliably start at this point as a wide receiver too. All righty, Quez Smith got Quez Watkins. I mean, for Philly, he got. 117 yards. Almost all of it came on a, a deep ball, um, a 91-yard reception. So I'm not interested in Quez Watkins. He's a big play guy. He's you know just one of those random flash-in-the-pan big gay guys. Um, big play, I mean. Uh, and Devontae Smith couldn't get much going against this defense, but he was targeted seven times, which is very reassuring. Against Dallas, you'll have a better game. This was just a great defensive game by San Francisco. They really just shut down this offense. So I'm not worried about Smith. He's seeing volume. He's on the field. All right, Vegas and Pittsburgh. We had some great games. Derek Carr looking fantastic this season. Looking fantastic. And against Miami, we can start Derek Carr. He's shown us enough that in these favorable matchups, I'm starting him with full confidence because he played Baltimore and Pittsburgh, not favorable matchups, and he looked great. And now Miami, he finally gets a break in the schedule. Uh, Derek Carr should be a, a very solid starting option. Kenyon Drake, uh, <laughs> one yard a carry, but he got enough receiving uh, receiving volume that I guess he was kind of starting start startable. I guess uh, as a flex in like a fourteen man league, I guess. But against Miami, am I starting Drake? If if I don't know if if Josh Jacobs is out again. I guess so. I mean, both Barber and Drake were horrible on the ground. But uh, if I have to start one, Drake would be the guy just because he he saw six targets. But yeah, yikes. Terrible, terrible performance by both running backs on the ground. Now, Pittsburgh, Najee Harris finally getting it done. Only 10 carries. Only 10 carries. A lot of limited volume just because Big Ben keep giving the ball to the, to the Raiders. But he was on the field basically the whole game. He's like left the field for two snaps so far this season. 38 yards, nothing great. But he took five receptions for 43 yards and a touchdown for 19 fantasy points. Najee Harris gets the Bengals next week. Very excited about Najee Harris. His involvement in both the passing game and rushing game is extremely encouraging. He didn't have a lot of carries, but he had all the carries essentially. Only two carries went to Snell. He has enough talent that I think he could make it work even with a poor offensive line and a pretty washed quarterback. Najee Harris, this is what we're hoping for. A ton of a ton of involvement and a score. Uh, he, he looked good as a receiver. He made a great play for a 22-yard touchdown against Cincinnati. I'm starting him again with with fairly high level of confidence. Now, Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver one of this team, 
12 targets, 9 receptions, 105 yards, but then he left with an injury. We don't know how serious the injury is. We really don't know yet. So I can't really say anything about these wide receivers. I'll have to talk about it tomorrow in the in the waiver show. But uh, if Deontay Johnson is out for an extended period of time, Claypool and uh, Juju get big boosts. But I think Juju gets the biggest boost out of those wide receivers just because Claypool is much more of a, a big play guy. And Juju will be the, the kind of wide receiver one and Claypool the two. And then I would expect more involvement for Harris in the passing game. But very scary injury for the Steelers offense. Deontay Johnson is their bona fide wide receiver one, and he's imperative for their success. So hopefully it's not too bad of an injury. Now, Henry Ruggs came through. He had five receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. Most of it came on a massive score. I think it was a uh, 61-yard touchdown. But he looked good, finally. (laughs) Finally looked good. Against Miami, Henry Ruggs, you can start him and hope for a big play. Miami just gave up 35 points to the Bills, so I think we can start Henry Ruggs as a flex option and hope for upside. And Darren Waller obviously will be a must-start against Miami. But but finally, it's good to see it's good to see Henry Ruggs do something because he's been pretty disappointing so far. But but we got we got to see something. Minnesota and Arizona. This was in my in my opinion the best game of the week. This was just so many insane plays, so many great performances. Kyler Murray, number one quarterback this week, thirty three points. That is the third straight week with thirty three points. Kyler Murray absolutely dominating the league. 400 yards, three touchdowns, 31 yards on the ground, and a touchdown through two picks, but didn't end up mattering. They won the game. Kyler Murray, the number one overall fantasy quarterback, was the prediction we made early on, and it is looking like a good prediction so far. He is absolutely insane. Kirk Cousins also got the job done if you were streaming him. Uh, He's always a very consistent, decent streaming option. So, Dalvin Cook... Looked so good on the ground. Five yards of carry. He was ripping off 10-yard runs uh, at will, 131 yards, 16 points. Uh, If he had been able to stay in the whole game, he kept going out with little injuries. Uh, He would have had a much bigger game. But but overall, a a fantastic performance from Dalvin Cook. And if he throws a touchdown in there, you're looking at a a top-five week. Chase Edmonds looked pretty good as well. It carries for 46 yards, five receptions for 29 yards. That's what we wanted from Chase Edmonds. Not a ton of carries, but efficient on the carries. He's averaged five yards both both a uh, carry both weeks he's played, and he's seen about four point five uh, targets and receptions a week as well, which is very exciting. Gives him pretty strong RB two uh, upside against Jacksonville. So I, I do like Chase Edmonds against Jacksonville. Justin Jefferson came through sixty five yards and a score on six receptions. Uh, very. Very exciting to see Justin Jefferson kind of get started. Because last week, uh, didn't get much going fantasy-wise. But this week, a different story. 18 points. Very happy with that. Adam Thielen saved his day with a touchdown. Osborne was the star of the show with 20 points. Five receptions for 91 yards. Uh, This is the second straight week he's been very involved. So he should definitely be rostered at this point. I don't think we're starting him in most leagues. But he should definitely be on a roster at this point. Just because we've seen two back-to-back weeks with production. Rondale Moore was the leading receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. 
Eight targets, seven receptions, 114 yards, and a touchdown. He is incredible. A 77-yard touchdown where he just he outran everyone. He got open. Kyler Murray extended the play. He is a fantastic player. He was a profit-approved sleeper. Uh, we talked about you need to just get him on your team and stash him for when this breakout comes because his his skill set matches what Arizona wants in this air raid offense. And he's an incredible receiver in college who went under the radar because of poor quarterback play at Purdue. But now with Kyler Murray, he is looking great. Week one, even, he got 10 points. Week two, 23 points. The big play, even if you take that away, he still was the leading receiver for Arizona in terms of targets and receptions. So Rondale Moore, you should already own him. If not, he's the number one waiver priority player. Against Jacksonville, he's startable as a flex. Against Jacksonville, he is startable as a flex. DeAndre Hopkins didn't look as great. Some of the targets went to AJ Green and Christian Kirk. I mean, this ball was spread out a lot, but... I mean, 15 points, you're not you're not mad about that. Against Jacksonville, DeAndre Hopkins should rebound. Uh, A.J. Green got a score. I'm not, I'm not really starting A.J. Green. He's my fourth favorite receiver in this offense. He has the least amount of upside. You know, he's just, a t- uh, he's like a big tight end, kind of you hope for 40 yards and hope that he grabs the touchdown. Christian Kirk didn't result in fantasy points, but he's an underrated player. He's a great player in real life. Uh, we've seen several fourth downs where Kyler Murray gets blitzed and just lobs it up and Kirk makes a play. So great player. Uh, it's not really resulting in fantasy production unless he gets the touchdown, but just, just want to give him a little appreciation. But, but Rondale Moore, you got to get him on your team. You got to get him on your team. Mike Williams, the tight end, uh, after doing nothing last week, he got seven to seven for 94 yards and had 16 points. Uh, fantasy tight ends are impossible to predict. That's what we know. <laughs> All righty. Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Tom Brady once again got it done. Five touchdowns for 276 yards. He is looking better than he's looked in a long time. He's looking better than he did in 2019. He's looking better than he did in 2020. I mean, he's just, he's having, he's insane. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he hasn't aged. I don't know how he's getting better with age. But this whole team is fantastic. Mike Evans, 5-9 for 75 and two touchdowns. Godwin, 62 and a touchdown. I mean, there are three wide receivers who are great talents, and it's going to kind of rebound which two have the great fantasy games. I think we can kind of count on two of them having great performances, and the other one will, will be a dud, and it will be pretty much impossible to predict which two it will be week to week. So uh, Godwin, stardom, wide receiver one. Evans and Brown kind of wide receiver two, three flex plays. Uh, and just, you're not sure which will get the big game, but there will be production. There will be production in this offense. Gronk, uh, 19 points, four or five for 39 and two touchdowns. He has four touchdowns this year. He ended last year very strong as well. Uh, so, so, I mean, Gronk has to be... Uh, considered a top five tight end. I know he's number two, but I still like I still like Kelsey Kittle Waller over him. But then it's kind of Hawkinson, Gronk, and and Pitts. Gronk is back into the elite conversation at the tight end position. Uh, he's getting targeted. He's getting yards. He's he's great. He looks like he looked when he was young. It's very bizarre how this Tampa Bay team is, but they're great. I think they're they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're my favorites for the win. 
Matt Ryan, not much going on. Mike Davis, not much going on. Cordero Patterson, uh, he rushed it seven times for 11 yards. He got a touchdown, kind of saved his day. Had 58 yards and another touchdown, so 22 points. Uh, I don't know what to think about him. I guess against the Giants in a PPR league, he's, he's a flex play. But this team is just gross to me. Uh, Ridley finally got some production going. Last week was a bit of a bust. This week through the first half, it was looking scary, but he, he ended up with 63 yards and touchdown, 19 points. We're not complaining. Must start against Giants next week. And Kyle Pitts finally came through and put up a decent fantasy day. Five of six for 73 yards, 12 fantasy points against Giants. You're starting him, of course. Still a little disappointing if you spent you know, a high draft pick on Kyle Pitts. But what do you expect from a rookie tight end? They, they take some time to ease into this offense. Justin Herbert. Oh, man. Not a good fantasy day. Not a good fantasy day for Herbert. 14 points against Dallas through two interceptions. One was a, a terrible decision in the, in the end zone through a pick. Uh, against Kansas City, I'm not really excited to start Herbert at this point. Washington, 12 points. Dallas, 14 points. Against Kansas City, the hope would be that it becomes a uh, a uh, a shootout and he, he, there's enough production, but somewhat worried about Justin Herbert. My worry level is at about a four. After last week, it was about a two. It's, it's, it's got up to a four, though. Austin Eckler got it done without Herbert. He... We were talking about last week. Oh, no, Austin Eckler saw no receptions. And we're like, okay, this is it's, it's an anomaly, right? Yep, nine targets, nine receptions for 61 yards this week. That in itself is a good fantasy day. Throw in the 54 yards on the ground. Austin Eckler, 22 points. He's a good RB1. He's a good RB1. Uh, Tony Pollard, I guess, is the RB1. I mean, Zeke, though, here's what's annoying. People are like, yeah, see, Zeke is trash. Tony Pollard did well. Zeke also did well. Zeke also played a good game. 16 for 71, 4.4 yards of carry, and a touchdown. He took his two receptions for 26 yards. Pollard was also good, though. 13 for a 109, uh, a touchdown as well. I think that this committee is going to be much more of a shared backfield than it has been in the past with a 17-game season. They want to preserve both running backs by splitting up the workload. That's what we're seeing. I think Zeke is the starter. He's going to be a good fantasy performer. But Pollard will also be involved week to week. And it's not because Zeke is trash now. It's not because Zeke is washed. Uh, it's not because Pollard's better. It's because Pollard's good. And Zeke is very good too. And they they kind of make this offense better when those two are kind of splitting up the work. It makes it a much more dynamic offense. And it's annoying for fantasy, but in real life, it's it's a good decision. It's going to keep them both healthy over the course of a whole season. So pretty... Very uh, pleased with Zeke's bounce back. Uh, the volume is lacking, but we kind of expected that coming into the season just with how much Dallas passes the ball. Uh, so, But Pollard, I mean, I'm sure he's owned in every league, but he's he's a flex play at this point. C.D. Lamb is becoming the wide receiver one on Dallas. 8-9 for 81 yards. Cooper, only three receptions for 24. Cooper's still great. Cooper's involved. He makes great blocks, makes great catches, but CD is becoming the wide receiver one. That doesn't mean Cooper will be bad. I, I said I think that both of them can be top 12 this year, but I think Cooper is becoming, or Cooper Lamb is becoming the number one wide receiver. Uh, 23 points, 17 points. Incredibly consistent right now. Number 12 overall wide receiver. Must start. Mike Williams, talk about someone who's becoming the wide receiver one. I don't think he is, but <laughs> but 10 
10 targets for seven receptions, 91 yards, and a score. He's putting up some really great weeks back-to-back. And at this point, he's a must-start as your wide receiver three flex if you got him against Kansas City. Like I said, hopefully it's a high-scoring shootout. If that is the case, Mike Williams will put up another 18 to 22 points. Keenan Allen got it done, but no score. That's that's what's annoying for Allen. Eight targets, four receptions, 108 yards, couldn't get a touchdown. If he had a touchdown, he had a 20-point performance. Can't get the score, but with that much volume and that much production, he's still a must-start. He's a good player. We're not worried about him. All right, two more games to talk about. Tennessee and Seattle. My goodness, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. The people who think that Nick Chubb is a better running back than Derrick Henry, I, I, I don't understand that opinion. It seems to be popular here on TikTok. But in my opinion, it's just stupid. I mean, Derrick Henry is in another... Play, uh, solar system when it comes to running backs. 35 attempts, 182 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, six targets, six receptions, 55 yards, and then three touchdowns. He's, he just carried this team on his back for the win. He's absolutely insane. He's doing stuff no one has ever done. Coming off uh, a season where he he carried the ball, what was it? He carried the ball 378 times and he's now 27 years old and for him to come out week two and put up just an insane 47 point game Derrick Henry is in another planet he's in another solar system he's just hands down the best running back in this league hands down against Indianapolis must start against the Jets must start he'll put up another 50 points Jacksonville must start another 50 points Derrick Henry is Absurd. And then finally, we get Kansas City and Baltimore. Oh, I forgot to talk about the other players. Give me a second. <laughs> I just talked about Derrick Henry for a long time. Julio Jones, six of eight, eight of six, or six of eight with 128 yards. A good game, 18 points. It's uh, really encouraging to see. Uh, he's a flex play. AJ Brown is the wide receiver one, in my opinion. He got a little more shut down, but nine targets. I expect that to go back up against Indianapolis. Tyler Lockett seems to be back to being the good old wide receiver one in in the Seattle Seahawks offense. 11 targets, eight receptions, 178 yards, and a score of 31 fantasy points. He's he's off to one of the hottest starts I've seen for a wide receiver. 26 points week one, 31 points week two. Against Minnesota, who just gave up a whole of a lot of yards to Arizona. I expect Tyler Lockett to, to... continue this this reign of terror and then kansas city and baltimore lamar jackson showed us that he is still a fantasy cheat code 239 yards two picks and a touchdown but then he ran the ball 107 times for two touchdowns single-handedly carried this team to a win 32 points against detroit he should have another 30 plus point game Tyson Williams seems to be the best runner in this offense. 13 attempts for 77 yards. Not much fantasy production. He fumbled on the goal line. It was recovered by the other guy. So he lost those six points. Uh, It didn't matter too much for the the Ravens because they scored on that play. But disappointing for fantasy. But he looks to be the best running back against Detroit. I'm starting Tyson Williams as a flex. Latavius Murray also involved. Didn't look as good on the ground, but he did score against Detroit. He's also startable as a flex. Now, the running backs for Kansas City are not good in fantasy. Disappointing for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
13 for 46 in a fumble. I mean, man, how wrong we all were about Clyde edwards Hilaire. How wrong? He's he's like Devin Singletary, but drafted in the second, third round. Against the Chargers, I'm not really high on Hilaire. Against Philly, I'm not high on him. Against Buffalo, I'm not high on him. Against Washington, I'm not high on him. I'm not interested in like starting him as my RB2 until he faces Tennessee and the Giants in week seven and eight. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, just doesn't have the goal line work and or the efficiency or the receiving role that we we wanted him to have. And until he does, I don't think he's a RB2. I think he's a flex RB3. Marquise Hollywood-Brown. 6 of 10, 113 yards at touchdown. He's the wide receiver one on Baltimore, and he's a good one. He got so much hate last year. So much hate. I came in and said, hey guys, look, after week 12... He was great. 18 points, 14 points, 13 points, 15 points, 12 points, 21 points. He was great. And he's starting off strong in here. And now he gets Detroit. He's going to post another, you know, 120 yards and a score. Marquise Hollywood Brown is a good receiver playing with a good quarterback on a really well-coached team. And for some reason, everyone in fantasy football land hated him because he wasn't amazing his rookie season. We talked about it in the early bold predictions, like the instant bold predictions episode that he'd be a top 15 player. I still stand by that. Marquise Holly Brown is a very solid wide receiver too in fantasy with massive upside. It's time we treat him as such. And finally, my final note is Travis Kelsey is uh, insane. He's just insane. 7 of 8 for 109 yards and touchdown. He's like a fullback out there with the ball. It's, it's, they'll, they'll throw a little slant to him. And then he just trucks people and goes around. He's just on another planet in terms of tight ends. And Mahomes knows that and hyper-targets him and is great if you own him. Mahomes had a solid outing. Nothing incredibly special, though. Threw a pick. Uh, but a very good game. All righty. That is the end of this week two reaction podcast. We're trying to just go through all the games and give you a little overview of all what the players did, who, who was good, who was kind of stinky. Uh, so, so I hope you enjoyed this and we'll be back tomorrow with some, some players that you need to pick up on the waivers and some players that you can drop because most people don't tell you who to drop, but I will. So I will see you all next time and thank you. Make sure you go drop a review on Apple podcasts and I will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening.